Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. You, like that? you doing all right? Is that a good response? I don't know. You're excited. Are you, uh, is it because the Lent's about to start? Is that why you're so excited? That is one thing, yes. I know you're yeah. uh, you're big into asceticism and all these things. You're ready for Lent, right? I am, yes. <laughs> I'm ready to like get my fasting on. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that's been on my mind is, you know, of course, with, with Lent starting this week is... The usual questions, what are we going to give up, what are we going to do, how are we going to sacrifice, what are we going to offer up, all of those you're gonna flip it, right? questions. Well, no, I mean, I, you know, one thing that I think a lot of people um, overlook is, is we start to look at things as what am I going to sacrifice, what am I going to give up, and those are good things. Sure. But there's other things you can do as far as looking at what is my relationship like with Christ, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what I've been looking at this Lent is, you know, there's always the don't give up candy, don't give up chocolate, don't give up alcohol, that kind of stuff. Do something that makes a difference in your spiritual life. And so what I'm going to do this time is just try to grow in my relationship with Christ to give more time to him, to eliminate things out of my schedule, uh, less TV, you know, less time on the phone, things like that, to where I can spend more time. And in fact, there's a couple issues in my life that I've identified that I want to work on that I, you know, I've already gone ahead and said I'm going to spend you know an extra 15 minutes in prayer just speaking into those and then also trying to just grow in my my relationship with Christ and those conversations like like you and I would have as a friend. Um, and, and, you know, and it's funny because when you talk about that sometimes in the Catholic world, you know, you hear the, the phrase personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It can seem like a lot of times that's a very Protestant Right, well, we're, both, we're both from that background where right. people say, is Jesus in your heart? And you right. kind of know exactly where what that question's entailing, or where it's trying to lead you to, right? It's kind of a setup question, mm-hmm. right? And for most Catholics, it's kind of like, um, yeah, yeah. But you're exactly right. But it, it's a, but it's a perfect question for where we are in the world today. Because when you look at things like that, say one third of the Catholic base doesn't believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. I mean, that's seventy million Catholics in the United States, and and one third of that is twenty three million people. And when you say, I mean these polls say that the Catholics don't believe in that, then I always go, well, why is that? Is it because, you know, we have this sort of intellectual relationship with Christ that that we don't we haven't turned that into that relationship, that we do a lot of things that were, you know, are very uh ritualistic, I guess you could say, over and over again, and we've lost maybe some of that that uh intimacy during right. those things. Or um or is it just the fact that that you know we've never adopted you know there, I've talked to a lot of critical Catholics that said you know like I never realized the gift I've gotten until you know I'm around a lot of people that have been converted because there's that excitement and that that yearning to have more knowledge about what they've gotten into whereas somebody who's been given this is you know you're you're just born Catholic a lot of people including my own wife have talked about like I didn't realize the gift that I've been given until. I saw your excitement when you started living the faith and all of this just, wow, I, every time I turn around, there's this, there's that, there's this. Yeah. So well, I, I told, wonder, I, sorry to interrupt you, but I no, told Chris, good. I told Chris, cause where you're going there, I said, now listen, when I go, when I become Catholic, I'll be uber Catholic. 
Yeah. I said, just hold on. She's like, So you don't okay. want to take a lift? You just want to, you're, no, you're an Uber up. fan? I go to point A to point B. There's no stopping in between, you know. That's right. Um, you know. Sometimes they have coupons to lift. Right. So, but, but, that, but I get you. I get you. Go for it. Yeah, it is because, you know, you look at it and, and that's what I hate. Like I've said that so many times and people go, well, that's, that's such a Protestant, you know, statement. But it's really not. And I'm going to read a few things here that are quotes from popes pretty much that will, will you know, talk about this in completion. They're, they're saying the most important thing you can have is a relationship with Christ. So, first of all, here's one from Pope Francis. Being a Christian means having a living relationship with a person of Jesus. It means putting on Christ and being conformed to him. All right, so here's one from John Paul II. It is necessary to awaken again in believers a full relationship with Christ, mankind's only Savior. So there's a second quote from a pope. Here's a third. Um, The Christian faith is not only a matter of believing that certain things are true, but above all, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's by Pope Benedict XVI. All right, so you you did kind of like rapid fire there. So let's chew on these first three. So first was like clothe ourselves in Christ. Mm -hmm. Second was, what was it? like? Kind of It was to awaken again, a full relationship. So Mm -hmm. this thing, people have had that. It's just the reawakening. Mm -hmm. And, And you kind of wonder, when does that happen for certain people in their lives? You know, as a child... You were given a foundation of faith and so forth, but for you, you know, when you become an adult and you're consumed or everything going on, and you realize there's a moment where you realize that I don't really control anything anymore, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of where at point either people say, "Yes, I need help," or B, they they continue to struggle the rest of mm-hmm. their lives. Well, I think there's a lot of things where we just get caught up in the mundane, like things become repetitious, right? And we lose the meaning after a while if we if we're not practicing, if we're not you know, putting our, investing ourselves fully into the time that we spend with God instead of just checking off a box, right? Like I got to do a rosary day. So I did it. Boom. Mm -hmm. Five minutes. I'm done. Those type things. And we can fall into that very easily, but here's some more Christian faith is not only a matter of believing that certain things are true, but above all a personal relationship with Jesus Christ already said that one. So here's the next one. Well, it's because it's a really good quote. Yeah, there you go. That's right. The mystery of faith then requires that the faithful believe in it, that they celebrate it, and that they live from it in a vital and personal relationship with the living and true God. This relationship is prayer. That's from the catechism. It's catechism uh, 2558. And then a final quote from Pope Benedict XVI. Only in this personal relationship with Christ, only in this encounter with the risen one, do we truly become Christians. So here's where a lot of people say that's not a Catholic thing to have a relationship with Christ, right? It's we have the Eucharist, we have that, but but this this idea of this personal relationship is is often pushed off as is this this Protestant sort of idea. But we can see here by by several different popes, by our own catechism, that it's calling us into that very personal relationship with Christ. And if you go into scripture, there's places everywhere in it as well that talk about these things. I am the good shepherd, I know mine and mine know me. I mean, it's very relationship-based. So, you know, what What I think there is a lot of times we have this, this intellectual relationship, but it hasn't moved, One a phrase I'll borrow from my friend Bill Donahue, from the head to the heart, mm-hmm. right? And that's what it's about, having that relationship with Christ, is not just simply being able to quote Scripture or being able to, to remember prayers without looking at a prayer card or something, but to move that, that desire for that intimacy from the head to the heart. And then fostering that relationship by spending time. I mean, that's the same way, you know, you didn't just date your wife once and go, hey, let's get married. Or at least I didn't. You might have. I don't know. But no, I wasn't that good either. But right. But yeah. you, you have to spend that time getting to know that person. And that's why it's so important. The, the, the more you know that person, the more you want to be around them and the more 
you spend that time with them, and it's the same way with Christ. Right. Well, something that you 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 kind of hinted on, and probably I've heard this probably from the the wise man sitting across from me over here at the Catholic Cafe table here. But he said something one time where like you know praying is one way you speak to God, and then reading scriptures way He speaks to you. Oh, you mean Deacon Jeff? I thought Deacon you were talking Jeff. to me. Okay. Oh, wise man. <laughs> wise man. You're 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 neophyte. Yeah. Wise if man. you just said right. man, I would have thought it was me. <laughs> But you know, I mean, that's true, right? I mean, like, sure. so if we just pray all the time, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. We're like, where's the answer coming from? But we don't read the scriptures. How are we going to get the wisdom that we're asked, seeking for? The answer, because it's you know, scripture speaks continually today to us. Sure. Yeah, and it's you know, and that's the thing. If you know, I remember reading scripture because I had to when I was younger, right? It's what just it? you Remember, had to. The it was a test. Yeah, it was a we test. We had to memorize a, all the books of the Bible, right? And we, I remember sweating. Going mm-hmm. in Sunday school saying, I don't know if I'm going to pass this test, you know. I don't know. I can't memorize like these 12 scriptures, you know. Oh, yeah. Or where oh, they yeah. come from or what, what order the books of the Bible are in. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that I have that knowledge. But I can say now that I have found great meaning in those things that I, that I learned earlier when it was just a task or a chore. And that's not to knock, you know, Protestant uh, no, religion, anything not. like that, because it all has its place. But um, what I will say is that the faith never became real to me until I started to really pour myself into wanting to know the person of Jesus Christ. And that's when you look at scripture that way, when it's not just reading because I got to read something or I'm doing one of these, read the Bible in 365 days, those all have their place and they're good. But when I read scripture and I really take time and I pause and I think about it and I look at the historical aspects of what, what time we were in and what's going on there and what would these people think about what Jesus was saying and what were the people he was talking to. When you start doing that, you can understand who the person of Christ is and you get to know him better through that and of course through prayer um you know but like I said we could get so into reading the Bible or or just practicing our faith in another way it's Monday I go to mass I did my mass thing now I'm on to breakfast then I'm on to my work and then I'm on to lunch and then I'm on to getting the kids and then we're on a home to doing this and this and that and if it just becomes another thing in my day that I'm, I'm getting through with then we're never going to build that relationship mm-hmm. it takes personal time it takes personal effort And, you know, it just, the thing that really catches me on it is also that how many people have said what we mentioned a minute ago, like, I go, why do you go to church? I don't know. I just, it just, I do. Yeah, but why? I I just, you're supposed to, but why are you supposed to? And it always, answer almost always comes down to my parents, just because my parents told me that's how they raised me. And then that kind of alludes to to where people are in their faith. Like, Mm -hmm. but so you don't go to church because you think you should. Well, no, no, it's a good thing. I know it's a good thing, but but uh, I go to church, and you can feel that hear that stumbling, and it's because a lot of times it's like I don't have an answer. I just go because you know my mindset is if I go to church, at least I got a good shot at maybe going to heaven if there is a heaven, you know, and if I don't, then I'm going to go to hell if there's a hell. So there's this this sort of this this walking that tightrope where you never kind of take your faith for your own, and if you're walking that tightrope and you're on that top of the fence, you're walking that fence line. You're never fully on one side or the other. Right. And so you're not going to ever really have that door open to know Christ, to get to know him. And that's the beauty of the faith is to really just have this intimate relationship with him. Um, I mean, it's just there's so many things in my life that are different now. And when I go out and give these talks and things, half the time I don't even know what's coming out of my mouth when I'm talking. And and when people come up and say that really meant something to me, it's because I've really spent a lot of time with Christ and I've asked for his help and I've asked for the Holy Spirit to come into what I'm doing. And and it's through knowing him and, and learning the scripture in an intimate way 
and try to talk to people the way that Christ would talk to them and to, t- to adopt the principles that you can only find out about him by reading and by by praying and just really investing that time in him. Right. Well, so your motivation is speaking the gospel, be, speaking the good news. That's what the gospel sure. means. Yeah. And and that's when your life changes, when you're not promoting yourself anymore, you're pr- promoting the Savior. Sure. And, and I think that's when you realize you've really come to almost a full circle of of denying the self and you know taking up your cross for Christ. And that's what that means, is taking up the cross means I'm dead. No matter what I do, it's, it's not for me, it's for him. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest translation for people to realize what that, what does that mean, carrying my cross? Sure. And that means that you are not to be motivated yourself to what makes you, you know, makes you wealthy, makes you happy. What I think, everything is encompassed with serving with Christ. Sure. Well, and it's like any other time you love someone, right? When you love somebody, you want to make them happy. You want to make them proud of you. You want to do things for them. You want to walk closely with them. And that's the same thing we feel when we start trying to love Christ in our lives, to go beyond the things that we do is 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 organized religion. I mean, that's great, too, going to Mass. I'm not saying it's not. But spending the time on your own to de- grow and develop that relationship, that's where the work comes in. You know, you see guys, and we've talked about this before in sports and things like that, they're great team players, but they get great being an individual player when they spend that extra time practicing, when they're staying after practice doing things that other people aren't willing to do. And that's what we have to do in our in our in our faith to, to continue to grow in our relationship with Christ. We constantly have to be pursuing him, right? We don't just say, Okay, I know Christ enough and I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. No, we have to just like Deacon Jeff said the diaconate, I, he doesn't ever stop learning. He never stops pursuing his relationship with Christ because he has something that says I'm a deacon or he he does masses or he teaches at a school. No, he's constantly pursuing his own education of Christ, his own love with Christ, his own relationship. And you said something a minute ago that you said that the story, the good news. Well, that's I want people to look at it from that point of view that think, well, this personal thing is kind of weird to me. If you look from the very beginning, God has desired a personal relationship with all of us. The story of the gospel is about a God who who loved us into his existence and then gave us everything, this, this ability to be with him forever. A God who wanted to walk in the middle of the day, in the cool of the day with us as friends and as, as loved ones. And then we broke that relationship, right? Sin broke that relationship, the choice of Adam and Eve. And because of that, he sent his son to die for us. The one thing that he loved more than anything in this world was his son. And he sacrificed him. So think about that, right? I, I love you so much. I desire to for you to be back in 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 union with me, that I will give up the thing I love the most. And then the thing he loved the most, Christ, was willing to do that. So there's two different parts of love there from God. The, you know, the second part of the Trinity, who's willing to give his life, who's willing to come down here and experience what it is as, as a man and not only as God, but then God who was able to give of himself for that to rebuild this reunion that he so desired to have with us. So if you go from there, he doesn't leave it there. He lets Christ uh, sacrifice his life right on the cross for us. And then we turn around and he says, I'm going to give you a gift now so that you could remain in union with me. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to be baptized. I'm going to give you this spirit so you can go out and then bring others into this loving relationship that we experience. It's the story of the charisma. It's the good news. And so I think a lot of times we get so bogged down in the mechanics of our faith that we forget that that story is a love story. From the beginning until the end, God was sitting there, all, even all through the Old Testament, when people look at him as this judge and jury and executioner of God, all these things that where he had to bring people back into this covenant is when they broke it. 
It wasn't him. Yeah. It was when they broke it. So he's always been pursuing the humans that he created because he loved them so much. He wanted us to exist. And he's been constantly chasing us and constantly trying to give us the graces we need to remain in relationship with him. Nothing. Tell me something else that's more personal than that. Right. I, th- I think, unfortunately, a lot of us won't realize how much God loves us until we're dead. You know, same, same yeah. way until we're, we're, we are where we are. Um, and and that, that's the thing. I don't want to miss out on that. You know, I don't want to miss out on, on the appreci- showing the appreciation I have for everything he's given to me. Sure. I mean, still being in breathes, my heart's still beating. Um, right now, no health issues. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lovely family, a wife that's loving and caring, devoted, and kids who love going to church and who love learning about Christ and want to live a good life. I mean, that's, as a father, you know, that is something that you would see your kids pursue. Um, no matter what they do in their life as a career, as long as their life is stable in the faith, you're, that's a success. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're exactly right. And it's, it, that's the sort of mentality we have to have with that relationship with yeah. Christ was pouring into everything you're talking about is it's important to you. You're pouring into it. You want to grow it. You don't want to be without your wife and children ever. Right. And, and, and that's the way we should feel about Christ is, is I need to get to know him as intimately as I can so I can better know myself. I mean, because he's going to reveal to you who you are the more that you give yourself over to him. Mm -hmm. The same way that a relationship with your wife works, right? When you get married, you're two different people. You don't really know each other. And the more you love and the more you give, the better your relationship is. The more you understand the other person, the better you are to be with each other and the happier your marriage is. It's the same way with Christ. And, and that's what I love when I look at Scripture is, is he's trying to tell us again and again. And we've got a bunch of verses here, and I'll read those off pretty quickly as well. But, um, you know, he says, uh, like, like I said in the beginning, I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. That's John ten fourteen. Then he says, I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends. Because I've told you everything I've heard from my father. That's John 15, 15. So there he's putting an emphasis on being friends, being in a relationship. The way that we may be sure that we know him is to keep his commandments, right? He's telling us there that uh, that's actually John in 1 John 2, 3 saying, if you want to know Christ, you have to keep his commandments. You have to do the things that he asks, which what are the two things he told us to do well, beyond the 10 commandments and the, and the commandments of the Old Testament is one, to love God before all and two, to love neighbor. So that's another way that he's pointing us. If you do these things, you and I will be in relationship. We will, we will, we will grow in, in our relationship together. So then you look at uh, more than that, I even consider everything as a loss because of the supreme good of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've accepted the loss of all things, and I consider them so much rubbish that I may gain Christ. Now that's Paul in Philippians 3.8. And he's sitting there saying, like, I am willing to give everything else up to be with Christ, for him to be in my life, a relationship with him, the person I live for. So there's another verse in the scriptures that are telling us about how important this is. A last one I have written down here. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. Now this word know isn't just being like know about you, to know some facts here and here, to be able to hold up your end of a conversation if somebody brings up God and who is he. This is about knowing God at his depth. And the only way you can do that, especially from the Catholic version, is through time at mass, through adoration, through through prayer. I mean, that's what I loved about that quote earlier when he, when uh, in the catechism when it said this relationship is prayer. That is one of the most powerful ways that we can grow in that personal relationship with Christ. You know, years ago when I prayed, it was that systematic, okay, Lord of Lord, holiest of holy, mighties of mighties, and and I'm not saying don't pay respect to God. 
But those prayers to me always felt very distant at times. Like I was just reciting something and and I didn't know what it meant. And and, and I have these these ideas in my head that God's sitting there going, okay, John, like skip the pleasantries and let's just talk, mm-hmm. right? I just, I want to walk in the cool of the day with you. You know, I want to hear about your day. I want to hear what you got going on in your life. I want to hear about your struggles, your successes, where you are, what you need from me, what you're thankful for. And so that's the way I try to approach prayer now is to say, like this morning I was sitting there and I said, Christ, you know, I said, Jesus, you know, my brother, I, I called him that and said, this is, this is what I think I'm struggling with in my life. And this Lent, I need you to help me with that. I'm not very good at it. And I know it's a struggle. And I know I've been avoiding it. And I'd like to give it to you. And for the next 40 days plus today, two days, so 42 days, whatever it is, whatever, however long Lent is this year, I want to give this to you at least 15 minutes a day to sit here and work through it and to allow you to pour your graces in. And that's the other benefit we have as a Catholic is, you know, one, we have the Eucharist. God wants to enter your body every opportunity that you will allow him. There's multiple masses all day, every day, every day of the year. And at every mass, you can physically take the God of the universe, the Son of God, into your body every single day. I mean, what is more intimate than that? (laughs) Actually being physically in your body and present with you. And then the sacraments, you know, all the other sacraments that we have, those are God's way. He created those graces so that you could be with him forever, right? So that you can you can go to reconciliation to continue to mend those fences, those bridges that you've broken through your mistakes and through your sin and, and all these things. And he gives us that so that we can always go say, I'm sorry, and be forgiven and move on in our life to restore that union so that we can be with us in heaven. You know, I think a lot of times we look at it as, as this judgmental God sitting on a throne looking down at us like going, okay, here we go. John was bad 17 times a day and he was good three. He better fix that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think we have a God that looks down at us that's like, I just want to be with you. Yeah. I just want to be with you. Listen to me. Come with me. Let me know you. Let me love you so you can be with me forever. That's what I want more than anything. And when you look at God in that light, when you look at Christ in that light, and you begin to look at everything he did for us, Man, that is a completely different way of looking at faith than just, I'm here because somebody told me to come here when I was younger. I'm here because it's what I've always done. I'll read the Bible because it's good to read the Bible. But to really seek that relationship as father and son or father and daughter and to, or, or with Christ, brother and brother, and to really pursue that and try to make it the most important thing in your life, it changes everything. It does. And, and you know, you are saying this earlier too. And um, like I said, it's all about relationship. Like, you were talking about Angela, you know, and and how like you first started dating. This is probably another show, but it all blends together, anyways. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you were you look forward to a phone call from her. You know, you look forward to seeing her. You look forward to just being with her, and and that's what the beginning of love was mm-hmm. is that adoration, right? Right. And we have opportunity to adore Christ, but the thing is also beyond that is that that total commitment of just saying, I want to spend every moment I can, right, and, and just thoughtful prayer or just thinking or meditating or just going about your day just saying you know looking around saying thank you for this when you're moving out of that infatuation when you first start dating someone you're infatuated but to to have that relationship go you have to grow into that love and into that thing that's going to last and that's exactly what you do the more you practice these things so let's talk real quick about uh fixes right so if we're in a place where we don't think that we have a relationship with christ number one prayer it's a daily conversation with christ speak to him like you would a friend I think you'll really be surprised at how maybe that feels a little awkward at first, um, but I think that that it's something you can get easily into, and it'll help ease that if you're struggling in prayer. Um, two, frequent mass if you're Catholic. I mean, and, and most people listening to the show are. 
But highest form of prayer, that's the highest form of prayer you can do is to go to Mass. More contact with the Eucharist, right? That that gives you, if you go daily or, or even a couple times a week, you're in more contact with the risen Lord and his body and his blood is taken into you. It, it's more opportunity for change, right? For him to come inside of you and to change you from the inside out. Three, scripture. Spending time getting to know the story in Christ through his biography. That's what I love. I love to call the bi- the New Testament the biography of Christ sometimes because it's telling us everything we need to know about him, whether it's talking about what Jesus did or it's Jesus speaking himself and we can read into what kind of person he was through his own words. Serve. Live out your faith and your commandment with others and, and his commandments with others, right? To go out and to love others. When you do that, you love Christ. And Christ rewards that with a deep a deep feeling of of, grat- of of joy and happiness, and it grows in that love for him because of the feelings that you've received from what you've gone out and done. Now, I'm not saying go help somebody so you feel better, but it's just the, the grace that's poured out to that to you through uh, through helping and, and doing what Christ has asked. Live like Christ, uh, live Christ-like. Work towards holiness in everything that you do. Always think of your decisions during the day. What would Christ do? What should I do here? I know I have two options. What are the better of the two? Reconciliation. Grow closer to the Lord by frequently asking for his forgiveness. Make that a huge part of your life. And then pass it on. Evangelize. Allow the Spirit to rejuvenate you by exercising it. Right? We have this gift. It's, it's no good to us if we don't use it. But when you use that, that the Holy Spirit, the gift that we all have inside of us, if you've been baptized then it's going to draw you closer into that relationship with Christ because you're doing what he asked you to do. So, and let's just remember the verses where he talks about, um, I never knew you, right? All these acts that people do when they say, well, we, we cast out demons, we healed the sick, we fed the poor or fed the hungry. And he says, be gone from me, evildoer. I never knew you. He desires relationship with us, a personal relationship with us. Works without, uh, I mean, faith without works, all these things we have to do in our life. We have to build that relationship so that all those other things mean something. So that when we do this, we do it to spend time with them, not to check off a box. Lord, I want to do this rosary because it brings honor to your mother and to you. Lord, I want to go and help at this soup kitchen because it, it brings honor and glory to you. Those type things instead of just, I need to do these things in my life so that I feel holy, that I might have a better chance of going to heaven. But it's always everything we should do is to better know Christ. So, Amen. I mean, I don't know how to say any better right. or different. But so if, you, if you're struggling, if you don't think you have that relationship with Christ, work on it. Do the things we've talked about. Go into this Lent. Don't worry about giving up chocolate or something. Worry about how can I spend more time in my life getting to know the, the risen Lord. So, Victor, I hear that music, so you know what time it is. It's time to take it to prayer. Let's do it. So, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, you're not looking for mindless slaves or servants. You've made it clear through the story of salvation that you desire a loving and personal relationship with all of us. Fill us with a desire to move our knowledge of you from head to heart. And, Father, whenever we begin to simply go through the motions of our faith, remind us that you wish to have a personal deep relationship with all of us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. <laughs>